Greetings and welcome to the Recombobulation Area. My name is Dan Schaefer. The city of Milwaukee is going to have an election for mayor. In less than a month, on February 15th, we'll have a primary that, that could prove to be the most competitive mayoral primary in a generation. Before we all cast our votes, we're going to be talking to the candidates. There are seven people on the ballot, and it's time for us to get into the issues. Joining us today is the acting mayor of the city of Milwaukee, Cavalier Johnson. Thank you so much for being here. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's just jump right into it here then. Uh, first question, why are you running for mayor? Uh, that's a great question and uh, one that I'm always eager to answer. Uh, I'm running for mayor because I love this city. Uh, I was born and raised in Milwaukee. Uh, I lived in the most depressed neighborhoods uh, in Milwaukee, including the 53206 zip code, which incarcerates uh, uh the most African-Americans than any other code, not just in Wisconsin, but across the country. Uh, I have a career in service that spans more than 20 years, starting off as a teenager in Milwaukee, helping seniors to rake leaves and shovel snow. <laughs> that experience in, in service uh, snowballed, and it took me literally across the country and around the world. I worked for a time for a nonprofit in New York City, went to help at-risk young people in London, uh, went to Chile in South America to help refurbish a school for poor kids there, and in my first spring break uh, in college, I didn't go to a beach in Florida to hang out. I went uh, actually to New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, then I came back here uh, to Milwaukee to continue serving. And I worked in workforce development, helping uh, young people in our community, including those uh, up at the Lincoln Hills uh, Juvenile Justice Facility to, re to get into the workforce for the first time with a summer job and helping seniors uh, in our community to retool their resumes to get uh, into the workforce for hopefully the last time. Uh, and I've had the opportunity uh, now for the past uh, number of years to serve on the city council, becoming the youngest African-American elected in 2016 in the city's history. Uh, 2020 was reelected uh, and also elected by my peers on the city council to serve as council president, again, becoming the youngest uh, African-American, a young millennial to uh, serve in that position. Uh, and now I have the opportunity to serve as mayor. So uh, it's really been a, a, a grassroots growth from serving on the ground as a volunteer with the YMCA here, uh, all the way to the highest position of service um, in our city. And my goals as mayor are these. I mean, I wanna make Milwaukee a, a, a safe, a strong, a, a vibrant, a healthy, and a more prosperous city for everybody that lives uh, in our city. And I believe that we can do it. All right, very good. So uh, one of the biggest issues facing the city and one that I've written a lot about is local control and the city's relationship with the state. Uh, the city of Milwaukee is not very far away from being in a very difficult situation with its budget. And that situation is very much tied to the state of Wisconsin, which has shrunk the city's portion of shared revenue and denied options for new revenue sources like a sales tax increase. Uh, what would be your big picture strategy for addressing this issue? Absolutely. Uh, one of the big things that I want to focus on as mayor uh, is rebuilding the relationship that the city of Milwaukee has with Madison. You're right. Uh, we can have all the ideas that we want to uh, in order to generate additional revenue, but unless the state of Wisconsin grants that permission, uh, then the answer is no, that we won't be able to do that. You know, it's a shame that Milwaukee's ability to generate revenue are exactly the same as Manaqua or McFarland or Marshfield. Right? We can't sustain a significant population center. Uh, that's also the economic center, the center for uh, culture and diversity, uh, if we don't uh, have the ability to generate additional dollars to support uh, local services that we have here. And so I've said from the jump that I'm going to have a cot 
in the Capitol, working every single day to advocate for Milwaukee, uh, mending those relationships and pushing us forward. As a matter of fact, uh, just this week, uh, I was in the Capitol uh, speaking with uh, legislators about just that. Uh, so even though the election hasn't happened, uh, I've already started doing that work, rebuilding those relationships. And I think we'll be able to move the ball forward so that we can continue providing the quality services that citizens of Milwaukee both expect and quite frankly deserve. Mm-hmm. So do you think Milwaukee should raise its sales tax? I do. Uh, when you look at communities across the country, uh, especially large metropolitan urban centers uh, like Milwaukee is for Wisconsin, uh, they have multiple options to raise revenue, right? Again, we're the, we're the population center, the diversity center, the cultural center. Uh, people commute here every day from our suburban communities for work. That is a wear and tear on our infrastructure. That uh, is a drag on uh, the services that we provide, police, you know, fire, you know, what have you. Uh, and it's only our taxpayers in the city of Milwaukee that pay for that when everybody else, including not just uh, commuters, but also visitors, uh, benefit from that. If we had a sales tax, we wouldn't be leaving money on the table. We'd be able to capture some of those dollars so that the folks who live in our city aren't the ones who have to uh, brunt, you know, paying for that. And if we had a sales tax, you know, quite frankly, we'd be able to support not only those services, but do something that I'm very interested in doing, which is also to reduce property taxes for this, the people who live in the city that, again, bear the brunt of paying for all the services that everybody uses, whether you're a visitor. And I want people to visit our city. I want this to be a, a, a vibrant, growing, dynamic city. Uh, and our commuters who, again, live in our region, uh, but come into our city and use our services every day. Everybody should, should chip in. When you go to a restaurant, you leave a tip. Milwaukee wants its tip. Give us our tip. Very good. Uh, so another big issue facing the city is, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, hard as it is to believe we'll soon be entering the third year of this pandemic in America. How would you evaluate the city's response these past two years? And what would be some of your top priorities going forward? Yeah, um, now the city of Milwaukee, like many places around the country and around the world, uh, dealt with this in the best way that they could. It was a once in a century uh, pandemic. It's not something that comes around uh, very often. And you know, the city has been nimble and under my leadership as mayor, will continue to be nimble in addressing COVID. Uh, initially, uh, when there were no vaccines, uh, we encouraged people to wear masks. There was a citywide mask uh, mandate. And unfortunately, you know, businesses in our city were the ones that were on the front lines and that bore the brunt of that. Uh, now things are different. Now we have vaccines, they're widely available. They're available for free. Uh, my administration working in conjunction with uh, Governor Tony Evers administration, uh, provided over 1 million high quality uh, N95 masks that were distributed to uh, people in the city. Uh, we also distributed you know, over 100,000 masks, same quality to Milwaukee Public Schools. We also distributed over 100,000 masks of a similar quality to uh, other school choices uh, in Milwaukee as well. So we're taking all the tools uh, that we have at our disposal uh, to make sure that we're able to address uh, what's going on with COVID. But I'm saying this every time that I go out, every chance that I get, including here, I'll take the liberty to do it, is that the way out of COVID is not through masking. That's great, but we need people to get vaccinated. You know, the, the, the vaccination rate in Milwaukee is far too low and that needs to change. I say that everywhere that I go and I'll continue saying that. You know, This is a disease that has mutated, that has morphed, that has changed. And it's put in a, a tremendous strain and burden on our medical, uh, community. It's put a tremendous uh, burden on hospitalization. We can stop that uh, or at least significantly reduce it if we get more people vaccinated so that 
their symptoms would be mild whether to get COVID like I did earlier this year and keep them out of hospital so that folks who really need that service have beds that they can go to uh, to be served by folks in our medical professions in, in, in Milwaukee. So uh, we'll continue to be nimble uh, on uh, COVID uh, under my leadership as mayor, working directly with the health department, working directly with the, the experts on COVID-19 to address this in a way that is fair, uh, that is equitable, uh, in a way that moves us forward so we can get out of the pandemic. So the pandemic isn't the only crisis the city has faced in recent years. Uh, Milwaukee declared racism to be a public health crisis in 2019. This is a city that's often referred to as the nation's most segregated and continues to see some of the worst racial disparities in the country on economic inequality, education, mass incarceration, on housing, the list goes on. Uh, what have you done in your current role to make a positive impact on these issues and what would you do as mayor to address segregation and address the disparities that we continue to see? Yeah, that's a, a great question and uh, a number of things. You know, I think at the root of many of those things is access to family supporting work. If you look back years and years ago in Milwaukee, uh, we were once upon a time uh, the city that had the number one quality of life uh, in the United States for African-Americans. Uh, when there were plentiful jobs that were family supporting that were available for folks to be able to walk to or to perhaps ride a bike to or to catch a bus to that were in their neighborhoods. Uh, those jobs provided opportunities for neighborhood, for individuals, for families in neighborhoods to be stable, to address the very issues that you're talking about. The, 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 the list that Milwaukee, unfortunately, is at the top of, you know, and after those jobs dried up, they went to right to work states in the South, or they went uh, overseas for cheap labor. Uh, they left those neighborhoods uh, and the people who live there in the lurch, uh, mired in poverty, which begets, of course, violence. And I know this firsthand because I grew up in the most depressed neighborhoods in the city of Milwaukee. I grew up in 53206. I'm accustomed uh, to having seen violence at, a, at a, you know, firsthand. Uh, and I come from neighborhoods where, again, half of the young men by the time they reach my age would have spent some time behind bars. I've even had instances in my life where uh, one of my older brothers who is a warden in a Wisconsin state prison has had another brother, uh, another brother that I have uh, as a prisoner, as his ward in the same facility. So I know these issues firsthand. And so I did support you know, the initiative uh, around Milwaukee, making Milwaukee uh, recognize uh, racism as a public health issue. We've gone further than just declaring the public health issue. We are trying to address the issue internally uh, with our staff at the city. And if we're going to provide services to the people who live in the, in the city of Milwaukee, we need to make sure that the people who work for the city of Milwaukee understand, you know, the issues that the people who live in our city go through every single day. And so every employee of the city of Milwaukee has had to go through uh, racial equity training. We partner with the, y, the YWCA uh, in order to make that happen. We'll continue to do things like that. But as mayor, again, I think it's it's critically important that we address the issues at their root. And we have to build a foundation for our communities, not just to survive, but to thrive on. Yeah, I believe this, uh, a, a former uh, mayor uh, once said uh, that you can't build a city on pity. I believe that wholeheartedly. I think you need a strong foundation in both education and employment in which to build strong neighborhoods and strong cities. And if you do that, especially in the neighborhoods that I grew up in, it'll make those neighborhoods stronger, which will make the city of Milwaukee stronger overall. So 
the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests in 2020 in particular uh, made a really big impact on this city. How do you see that movement continuing to impact policies and conversations in the city going forward? Yeah, that's a great uh, question as well. And it certainly did. Um, after that had happened, or while it was happening, uh, you know, it had the ear of government, including the ear of City Hall, including my ear, um, especially as a young Black man who grew up uh, in Milwaukee, too. I was pained. I was hurt by what had happened in Minneapolis and permeated across the entire country, including, you know, here on the streets in the city of Milwaukee. And so what I did you know, after that incident was put forward some policies that had been adopted by the Fire and Police Commission that helped to reform the Milwaukee Police Department, right? So we adopted this national set of, of standards called Eight Can't Wait, these policies that when implemented, reduces the likelihood that individuals, when they come into contact with law enforcement, uh, uh, would be likely to uh, would be likely to die. And we supported other policies to make sure that if individuals say that they can't breathe, uh, that they get the medical attention that they deserve. We so supported uh, other policies uh, and led on other policies to make sure that when uh, police officers pull their gun, that there's reporting that happens uh, on that. So I think. The Black Lives Matter movement was tremendously impactful to the city, uh, and I think will continue to be impactful to the city because it showed that even in a city like Milwaukee, where there has been a where there have been history of segregation and there have been a history of discrimination and there have been a history of uh, racial issues, uh, including in policing, that we're able to actually move the ball forward in a way that protects all the citizens who live uh, in our city, including those people. Who are the least of these, the black people, the brown people who live uh, in Milwaukee. So it's had an incredible impact uh, in 2020 and continues, I believe, to have an incredible impact even now. Okay, so switching gears a little bit here, I want to talk a bit about the, the mayor's role in economic development in the city. Uh, mayor Barrett often used TIF districts for big projects. The city uses grants for various projects around the city. There's obviously many different approaches we've seen over the years, but when you look at the big picture for development, do you want the city to be more proactive about what's going to happen, or do you or do you prefer more of a hands-off approach, letting businesses or developers make those decisions? I want to be proactive. Uh, I want to bring vitality to Milwaukee. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a person that believes in cities. You know, I I didn't just go and uh, volunteer. Um, in the places that I mentioned before. I lived in them, I experienced them uh, when we talk about New York and London and had the time to, to, to go to Paris even uh, and New Orleans and having family you know, in Chicago um, and other places across the country in Santiago and Chile, across the country and around the world. And I believe in the power of cities. They're not supposed to be places that you just you know, get in a car and drive through to get from one suburb to another you're supposed to experience cities um, and in experiencing cities, you need that sort of vibrancy. And, and you get that by having places where people gather, where, where, where commerce is done. Uh, you get that when you have growth and development. And that's exactly the sort of vision that I have for the city of Milwaukee leading into a future. I want this to be a city, not just of uh, 500,000 people or 577,000 people or even 600,000 people. I want this to be a city of a million people uh, or more. 
And that's exactly what should be working towards. And I think that the mayor has a keen responsibility in making that happen, like bringing in, drawing in that sort of uh, vitality by bringing in, drawing in, you know, businesses that are going to help us to get there. Uh, I want us to be a city when businesses want to invest here, that we say that we find a way to get to yes. I want to find a way to get to yes, so that we can have that sort of development. That's exactly what we did, uh, even you know, in you know, these these uh, troubled developments uh, that were before the city recently. Talk talk about the Couture. It's going to be a skyline defining. Uh, project is going to rise 44 stories high, the tallest building in Wisconsin with transit connectivity at the bottom with the streetcar and uh, bubbler bikes, as well as you know, the east-west BRT. Um, it's going to obviously have a lot of people that live there and is also going to employ people who live in the city of Milwaukee, a million construction hours, 40% of which 400,000 of those hours will go to people who live in the neighborhoods that I grew up in, 53206. You know? So those are the sort of things that we should be bringing forward. Milwaukee Tool, uh, recently, right? They're going to be bringing up to 2,000 family supporting jobs right to the heart of the city. Those are the things that we should be fighting to bring to Milwaukee. And I'm proud that, you know, not just in this role, but uh, even in my previous role as council president, I worked to bring those projects from the death, from their deathbed, you know, across the finish line. And now those things are happening. I want to do that not just downtown, but across the city. So what's one development project in the city that would be on the top of your to-do list? Uh, one development project that, uh, well, I mean, there, there, are, there are a number. I tell developers, you know, all the time, quite frankly, that because I, having represented an aldermanic district before uh, becoming mayor, that is farther out from the more affluent, more prosperous neighborhoods, Bayview, Walker's Point, downtown, east side. Um, when you go farther out into the city, farther north and farther west, uh, there's a lot of opportunities that are left on the table. And so I tell developers constantly, hey, you're leaving opportunities here. You need to branch out. You need to get farther outside of the urban core, uh, farther outside of those prosperous neighborhoods uh, and into the neighborhoods that have been challenged, not just to provide jobs, but to provide that same sort of vitality energy uh, that we're talking about. So uh, throughout the Eldermanic District that I represented, certainly I would love to see uh, some activity happen. I would love to see more urban uh, plazas happen across the city of Milwaukee. I would love to have uh, actual protected bike lanes, not just bike lanes that are paint on a street because obviously cars can drive over paint, but they have a harder time doing that uh, over concrete, over a curb that's there. Uh, so I want to have that throughout the city of Milwaukee. And one of the things I think uh, that I would really love to see uh, in Milwaukee, and I'll be fighting for, is the spur between uh, uh, the Hone Bridge and the Marquette University and tearing that down opening all that space up for development uh, downtown because you have, I believe in this city, the same sort of, or perhaps even greater development there that we had uh, on the north end of downtown where Pfizer Forum uh, currently stands and the Deer District is currently being built out. You gotta, be, you gotta think big, you gotta think bold about transforming uh, the city. I'm gonna be uh, the candidate in this race that is the proud urbanist. And I bring, again, my experiences from traveling across the country and around the world and I've seen that when you have great access to public transportation, uh, like fixed rail, uh, like protected bike lanes and the like, it encourages development to happen. And if development happens closer to home, then it provides job opportunities for the people who live nearby. And if folks don't have to get to a car, they're not, then they're not going to suburban malls. They're spending their dollars closer to home, which then provides additional opportunities for folks uh, who live in our city and in our neighborhoods. 
that's the sort of direction that the mayor of Milwaukee needs to have. That's what I have. That's what I'll be bringing forward, continuing to serve as mayor. So you touched on this a little bit already, but the 2020 census results uh, showed that Milwaukee has not been growing from a population standpoint. Do you see that lack of growth as a problem? And what are some of the ways you think the city could reverse that trend? I do see it as a problem. Uh, again, I want Milwaukee to be a city of a million people. Uh, I know that you know in my interactions on Twitter, I've seen that. I love it. Uh, and uh, I want that to happen. I want to get to a city, uh, again, that has a growing population, not one that's shrinking. But I'll tell you this, like in, in order for us to get there, we're going to have to uh, make investments on the front end, not just with development, but in our people. We need to make sure that we have a safe city. We have a city that is healthy, have a city that is prosperous for all. That's how we'll be able to get there. Um, I, my my uh, younger sister currently lives uh, in Texas. She lives in Dallas. You know, She's one of these young, educated millennials that moved away. And I've been on record of saying before that Milwaukee's greatest export is young, educated millennials, particularly young, educated millennials of color. They go to Atlanta, they go to Houston or Dallas, they go to Washington, DC. I would love to have a great migration, a great homecoming of those folks back here. And one of the things I did to address this issue is work to put together a plan with millennial leaders currently on the ground here in Milwaukee saying, what can we do to better attract and retain our millennial talent, right? And so they came up with a task force, this millennial, I'm sorry, recommendations, this millennial task force that uh, I created. And I think it's a blueprint to help us uh, to draw those folks back and to not lose that talent so that we can grow our population. Um, it, it's not a, a, a blueprint or recommendations, I think, just for city government. I think it's it's something that everybody can use, whether you're in government at the city, uh, whether you're in government at the county, uh, whether you're in government at the state that has operations here in the city, for nonprofits uh, that operate uh, here in the city, for the public school uh, district uh, here in the city, uh, also for private sector businesses that want to attract and retain talent here as well. Those are things that we should be doing to bring that talent here, retaining the folks that we have and growing our population in Milwaukee, a million people. So one of the areas where the population did see growth over the past decade was in Hispanic communities and also Asian communities in the city. Uh, where do you see the mayor having a role on an issue like immigration? Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, the folks that have immigrated to uh, not just the United States, but to our city add a ton of vibrancy uh, and culture uh, to Milwaukee. And to me, you know, a mayor needs to be welcoming, you know, to these other groups that are coming to add those things to our city. That's why when the United States withdrew from Afghanistan and you had all these uh, Afghan refugees that were uh, resettling across the country, many of them, their first stop was here in Wisconsin. You know, I led, that was, that was the first elected official to put out a statement saying, hey, we want you here. Come to Milwaukee. Now, we have a home for you right here in our city. That's the sort of thing that a mayor needs to say because we should recognize that diversity is our strength. And if we draw on more people who are coming here, we'll have not just a growing population, but a stronger city overall. So another issue, another issue that I've written a lot about is transportation and infrastructure. Uh, I wrote a long series on the proposed expansion and widening of I-94, and in particular wrote about the possibility of tearing down the stadium freeway, Highway 175 on the west side of the city, and converting it to a boulevard. Uh, state officials did not rule that out as a possibility down the line. 
so what are your thoughts on the future of the stadium freeway? Do you think it should be torn down? I'm with you. Um, you know, we know, um, especially, you know, being again, a, a, an African-American member of our community that grew up in the most depressed neighborhoods, you would hear stories all the time about how prosperous and growing um, the, the old uh, Bronzeville neighborhood was. We're trying to get back to that now, uh, but we did once have it uh, and it was torn apart uh, because there was a freeway that was built right through the middle uh, of Milwaukee. And so the more you're able to tear down those walls, uh, you're able to bring people back together and recreate that sort of vibrancy. And so creating a boulevard there, I think, helps with just that, reconnecting those neighborhoods with Washington Park, you know, that's uh, you know, right across uh, from that spur. You know, so there's a lot of things I think that we can do uh, with respect to changing our infrastructure and making our communities, again, whole or whole again. And then what are your thoughts on the I-94 expansion project more broadly? Yeah, you know, my concern is this, as I said, I, I am the urbanist mayor, right? Uh, I wanna see a ballooning population in the city. Uh, I want a million people in the city of Milwaukee or more. Uh, and I think we have the capacity to do it. We were on our way to doing it years ago. If we change the way that we approach, um, you know, some of the things that we do in the city, I think that we could be there again. Uh, so I wanna see that sort of vitality. Um, I know this as well, that if we expand the freeway after a number of years, we're gonna end up in the same position. You know, expansion begets more car use, right? So, so you can expand it and then 10 or perhaps 20 years later, if we're growing our population, not just in the city like I want to do, but in the region and the state, which I think uh, are objectives and goals uh, of you know government and the communities uh, that uh, these folks call home, you're going to end up right back in the same situation. I don't want that to happen. What we really need to do is change the way that people get in and out of the city. So we should be investing more in public transportation. Uh, I know there's a fixed rail system downtown, the streetcar. We should be seeing about making greater access to uh, fixed rail transit to connect folks who live in commuters who come into the city of Milwaukee every day uh, that way uh, so that you get more cars off the road, reducing uh, vehicle emissions and helping with our climate uh, change issues overall. You know, that I think is the best way to go about not expanding a freeway that that in time is going to have us in the same situation that we're in right now. And then after we expand it to as many lanes as you're talking about, then they'll be talking about expanding it, you know, even more. We, that's that's unsustainable. There's not enough land. You're going to be eating up the, the cemetery and then the neighborhoods if we keep on doing that. So something else that's come up over and over again in Milwaukee, and you've been vocal on this issue, is safe streets, reckless driving, and vehicle thefts. Um, you've laid out a plan for this, but maybe you could walk us through what your strategy to address these issues would be. And, and how does that strategy differ from what some of the other candidates running for mayor uh, have been saying? Uh, well, quite frankly, I haven't even heard of any you know, concrete plans of the other candidates for mayor to address the issue of reckless driving. Um, now we laid out a very comprehensive one called STAND and STAND's an acronym. Uh, the S is for safe street design, which I think is critically important. Again, um, taking away some of the tools that reckless drivers have, 
whether it's narrowing lanes down to slow down the traffic, having pr actual protected bike lanes as a barrier, and then also using things like curb extensions uh, and bus bulbs uh, in order to use the public transit system to help to slow down traffic as well. Uh, the T is for uh, traffic enforcement, uh, because that's a key too. We, you know, we oftentimes, or many people think that you know, the police cannot be a part of the solution, but I think that they are. You know, there are gonna be individuals that unfortunately choose to break the law and endanger not just themselves, but the greater public safety. And those folks uh, need to be caught, right? That's important for us to do. Uh, in catching them, there need to be accountability for individuals who do break that law, right? Because again, they're endangering not just themselves, but the greater public safety. It's important that they're held to account. You can't have a society if people make their own rules and then nobody's held accountable when they break society's laws. Um, when you get to the end, it's about neighborhood engagement. Uh, and that's exactly what we've done with this plan is incorporate uh, the desire of neighbors to bring in a vision zero concept uh, to Milwaukee. And then lastly, uh, the D is about demanding progress. When you see some of the most egregious reckless driving incidents or accidents even, they happen on streets that are actually the jurisdiction of the state of Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Uh, these state highways that bisect uh, our city like Capitol Drive or Appleton Avenue or Fond du Lac uh, Avenue or National Avenue and the like. You know, so we need to work with our partners at the state and demand that they understand that when these state highways cut through Milwaukee, it's not the same as if they're cutting through Waukesha County, wide open you know, fields. Like these are densely populated urban areas and neighborhoods and they can't operate the same way here as they do there. So uh, that's essentially what the plan does. And we'll be working to implement that, uh, that plan as we move forward here. So a new poll has, has ranked public safety as the top issue in this race. Um, recent, recently, Milwaukee has been experiencing significant increases in violent crime. Uh, after a decade in the latter part, after, after a decline in the latter part of the last decade in the 2010s, uh, the homicide rate has gone up again these past couple of years uh, with record high numbers uh, in 2020, 2020 and 2021. Uh, but along with a new mayor, Milwaukee also has a new police chief, Jeffrey Norman, and several new members of the Fire and Police Commission. So with that new leadership in place, what can the city do differently to combat violent crime? Uh, thank you. Uh, that's a great question as well. And, you know, I think many of these things, again, uh, fall back to the root cause issue. And that's the poverty that we see. And how do you address the poverty is you make sure that citizens in the city have access to true family supporting jobs. I know that, you know, folks will look at, you know, the economic forecast and say that, yeah, well, unemployment is at, you know, whatever rate that it is. But if individuals in our city are having to work two and three jobs in order to make ends meet, uh, that's not sustainable. You know, those parents uh, aren't able to uh, adequately keep an eye on their kids. Right. And so when people have access to family supporting work, family supporting jobs uh, and, and jobs with benefits, too, they're put in a position where they're able to have stability in their lives. And when they have stability in their lives, it leads to stability in their kids lives. And then the, the actions of their kids are different when they go into the street and into the schools. That stability with family support and work allows them to, to own their own home. And when you get so many people to own their own home in neighborhoods, the, those neighborhoods then begin to gel. They're places where people have pride and dignity in. And when you have that, that's how you have true public safety. So to me, it, it's not going to be a uh, one size fits all approach. You know, public safety has many prongs. Uh, it's got to be uh, the police. It's got to be violence prevention. It's got to be uh, education. Uh, 
it's also has it also has to be working to make sure that individuals in our city uh, have access to mental health services when they need it. And it's also got to be making sure that individuals uh, who live in the city of Milwaukee have access to family support and work so we can address these things at their root. That's exactly what I'll be doing as mayor. So one question on education. Uh, with the way government is structured in Milwaukee and Wisconsin, the, the mayor doesn't necessarily play as direct a role as some other elected officials on education, but it is another issue that has been top of mind for many as of late, uh, especially with many schools in the city having to go virtual, uh, teachers and schools constantly having to adjust. Uh, what role do you think the mayor of Milwaukee should have when it comes to education? Yeah, right. And my, my view is this, right? Uh, there's a democratically elected school board uh, that controls the daily functions of uh, Milwaukee public schools, at least. Uh, but it's not just Milwaukee public schools here. There are other school jurisdictions in the city of Milwaukee as well. As mayor, I got a responsibility to make sure that all kids in the city are set up for success. That includes not just my own children. My son uh, attends Milwaukee Public Schools and uh, later this year, uh, when my daughters turn four, they too will attend uh, Milwaukee Public Schools. But I know that there are certain, there are other families that have, cho that have chosen uh, other schools to send their kids to. As mayor, I've got to have a broad view and make sure that we take care of all kids because if we don't make investments on the front end of kids' lives, then we're gonna pay for it on the back end. We're gonna pay for it in the policing system, we're gonna pay for it in the judicial system, we're gonna end up paying for it in the incarceral system. And that's not what I wanna see. That's not what any Milwaukee should wanna see. We should wanna see our kids become, become uh, contributing productive members uh, of society. And so as mayor, this is what I'll do. Uh, I will work to make sure that before a kid even enters a classroom that we take on those issues where a mayor uh, has accountability. Uh, so for instance, if a kid is hungry before they enter into a classroom, that's something that a mayor can be effective on. If a kid has trauma uh, in their lives because they live in a in the same sort of depressed neighborhoods like I lived in uh, growing up, that's something that a mayor can do something about. If a kid uh, is trying to enter into a classroom to learn, but unfortunately there's instability in their lives, they're moving around you know, uh, a lot because their parents don't have access to family support and work like mine did, that's something that a mayor uh, can do something about. And those are the things that I'll be focused on, making sure that kids are well-prepared before they even enter into a classroom. So reflecting on your career so far in public service, what's one accomplishment that you are especially proud of? Uh, do I have to just stop at one? <laughs> <laughs> just asking for one. Uh, okay. Uh, well, on the uh, the topic of, of education, um, I will say that I was very proud to work with uh, my peers, uh, including uh, Alderman Shanti Hamilton on this early education task force, which then begat uh, the Office of Early Childhood Initiatives uh, here in Milwaukee. And I can tell you as a young father uh, with, uh, again, an 11 year old son and uh, uh, twin daughters that are three years old, you know, early education is so key. It's so important that the, the, the growth and brain development in our kids from the ages of zero, but especially from zero to three, uh, is critically important to their growth. And uh, we focus in on that office, uh, working to make sure that parents have greater access and they know the importance of that, that they should sing, play, read to, their, to those kids so that they're better prepared when they enter uh, into kindergarten. We do that at home, you know, every day with our kids, uh, with Madison and Bella, uh, who, are, who are young, and they're ready. 
you know, when September gets here, they're going to be ready to go to school. And again, I'm going to be looking at root cause issues about how to move this city forward. And I can tell you that if we're seeing these results at home with my own kids, um, then I think that we can do the same for kids across our entire city. And if we do that, we'll be positioning Milwaukee to be in the best place uh, for those kids to achieve academically. And if those, if those kids are achieving well academically, it's, gonna, it's going to encourage, it's gonna draw additional business investment. It's gonna help to have this city to grow and to flourish into the city of a million people, just like we're just like we've been talking about. All right. So before I let you go here, we got a we've got a little bit of a lightning round of some more fun Milwaukee specific questions. So it's uh, <laughs> quick quick questions for you that uh, quick answers as well. So uh, Milwaukee's a, a frozen custard town. What's your favorite? Cops, Leon's, or Gillies? Cops. Cops. Cops has been uh, cops has been a favorite in these. Uh, Summerfest or State Fair? Summerfest. At a Brewers game, what is your pick to win the sausage race? Chorizo. Chorizo. Uh, what is your favorite park in the city? Favorite park? Oh, I've been to so many parks. Uh, Lake Park. Lake Park. Where I proposed oh. to my wife. Uh, what is your favorite local coffee place? I don't really drink coffee. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> All right, we'll skip that one. Um, what's your favorite local beer? I like uh, I like Miller. I like Miller High Life. Classic. Uh, what's your favorite place to see a concert in Milwaukee? Favorite place to see a concert? I like Summerfest. Very nice. Uh, and then last one here. Got to end on the highest note possible. Where were you when the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA Finals. I was sitting on the couch cheering from home. <laughs> I know you were. I saw. I know you were at the parade, but did you get a chance to celebrate it all that week? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was at home with the kids, but uh, there was a lot of celebration at at, at home. Uh, we were we were geeked. We were so excited. Uh, it was me and my wife. We stayed up, you know, <laughs> super late watching it. Um, and had a whole lot of fun doing it. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, well, again, thank you very much for, for making some time for us here at the Recombobulation Area, uh, and best of luck in this sprint to the primary you've got here. All right. Hey, thank you, Dan. I appreciate having the opportunity to come on. All right. Thanks so much.